Can I tell you that like revival, I've been praying for revival. My intercessors know that I'm praying for revival. Like I want revival to fall down on this community in this region like never before. But God has shown me into the future. And some of you are like, man, you're crazy. I know, man. Listen, you know what they called the guys in Acts chapter 2, I think it was, when the Holy Spirit fell on them? They said, man, these guys are drunk. And he said, no, man, it's only like 9 o'clock in the morning. I am not crazy, but God has shown me into the future of what revival is going to look like in this area. And there is going to be a seamlessness of this morning and tomorrow's your work day. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's coming. Are you ready for that? Aren't you ready for a seamlessness of God's power and his presence that on Thursday afternoon, when you go home for lunch, you are overtaken by the presence of God? Isn't that going to be a glorious day? Hey, guess what? We don't have to wait for it. It's here. You see, revival is not us putting a sign out front and saying at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night, Dr. Reverend Billy, uh, whoever is going to be here. He wouldn't come here. He's not feeling very good today. That is not revival, church. What is revival is that we understand the presence of God. We realize that he is powerful. We realize that he speaks to everyone. Did you know that God even speaks to radical sinners? Like the worst of the worst. I'm talking sinners who have never said yes to Jesus. Do you know that God speaks and moves powerfully through them? Scott, you're just making this stuff up. That sounds like your own gospel. Oh, that's some uber grace. Well, how about this? You go read through the New Testament and you're going to find out that there was a man by the name of Saul who was literally killing Christians, cutting their heads off, burning them alive, stoning them, crucifying them. He was doing the things that you are watching on Fox and CNN. He was doing those things a long time ago to people just like you and I. And you're going to read of an encounter that Jesus had with a man by the name of Saul. One of the worst of worst. And he transformed his life. And so you may be in here today and you have never, ever once said yes to Jesus. Man, my God is so good that he still wants to speak to you. So just get ready. Amen? Cool. Here's what we're going to do because I I just was reminded of this. There was people meeting Jesus here this morning. Did y'all see that? And guess what had, had not happened? A sermon. The preacher had barely even said anything. That was the presence of God. And so what happens in the presence of God when one sinner repents and confesses Jesus as Lord, it says in the Bible that the angels in the presence of God rejoice. And so church, guess what? We're in the presence of God, so start rejoicing. And I mean rejoicing, not this. No, we'll get it one day. We're getting closer. We're getting closer getting closer aren't we Gary we're getting closer we're getting closer guys we're getting closer revival is here we just got to recognize it well what about me Scott I'm glad you asked what about me Scott I've known Jesus for 75 years I've gone to church every Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday night and sometimes on Tuesday night prayer meeting for years what about me I've been walking faithfully in the Lord What about me? Good. For the next few minutes, 
I want to remind you just of a couple of things. The first is going to be a definition that's on the screen, and it's the definition that we've looked at before here at Hope City, and it is the definition of the word culture. And it says that a culture is a way of life of a group of people, the behaviors, beliefs, values, and symbols that they accept generally without thinking about them, and that they are passed along by communication and imitation from one generation to the next. That's the greatest definition of the word culture that I could even ever find. And I think I just Googled it, and that was the first one that came up. But that is a beautiful definition of culture. The next slide you're going to see is, is going to be a little small phrase, and it's the one that I want you to go home and talk about over lunch. It is going to be the one that I want you to talk about tomorrow at the water cooler. It is going to be the one that we're going to be praying about right here on Tuesday night. This little phrase is happening right before your very eyes. And it's just simple, a small little phrase. And it is saying, culture is shifting. That's amen worthy right there, church. We're getting so many questions. So many questions and it's good. You see, because I didn't set out to grow a large church. I'll be honest with you, in 2011, when this thing started, I didn't see any of this. Well, what kind of visionary are you? I didn't see this. I didn't see how God was going to use a group of people like us to just change the culture. Can I tell you something? We're going to start in Wahlberg and High Point, and we're going to change that culture. Not us, but the Holy Spirit. And guess what's happening? Guess what's happening right in front of our very eyes, people? The culture is shifting. Here's how I know. It's because you're thinking differently. You're asking some very radical questions. Some of you are praying like you've never prayed before. Some of you are loving like you've never loved before. Some of you are forgiving like you've never forgiven before. Guess what's happening? And I'm excited about it. You don't look very excited about it, but I'm excited about it. Like from up here, you look like I just um, told you Golden Corral was closing. That's what all of y'all look like. Oh no, the chocolate wonderfall. No. <laughs> That's what you could. It's okay, guys. The culture is shifting. So what does that mean for me? I grew up in the church and it's been this way forever. Guess what? My God, the Holy Spirit, your God is not going to just leave you on the sidelines. He's telling you to come on. He's made a way. He's saying, come on. And here's what is for you today. Listen, if you're in this room and you made a decision for Jesus Christ to be your savior today on a card in front of you, unless you're on the front row and then that would be really weird. There's a card in front of you and it just says, I'm interested in following Jesus. Guess what? We take that stuff serious. I need you to go to the customer service or guest services at the end and drop it off over there. (laughs) Guys, I was being really serious right then. I I was in like serious mode. I was rolling and y'all laughed at me. Anyway, take it wherever you want. Lord help you is all I got to say. No, we take that stuff serious, man. And I want to know. Pastor Mitch has a team that follows up with you. Not only have you started a relationship with Jesus today, but you started a relationship with us. And we're crazy, all right? And we want to bring you into the craziness because the culture is shifting, all right? Here's the deal. But I've been in this thing for church for years. What do I do? This is for you this morning. The Lord laid a word on my heart this, this week as I asked him, Lord, what do you want your people to hear? 
And it's the word empowerment. We've got another slide that's going to pop up on here. And so just get ready. And you're being empowered today. Some of you have just been going through the motions forever. Did it pop up? Yep. Some of you have just been going through the motions forever. And it's just been a routine. And Jesus is God and, and this wonderful, but there's just been no power behind it. See, I want you to turn to 2 Peter chapter 1 for just a few minutes here this morning. 2 Peter chapter 1 is where we're going to look. And I just want to, again, be very open and transparent. About three years ago, I cried out to the Lord and I said, God, I have no idea. There was a shift in this church. It used to be Connection Church and now it's Hope City. About three years ago, I made um, some things. I, I just was a part of some changes in this church. And I honestly thought I crushed it and wrecked it and closed it down. And I got to the point where I was finally humbled by the Lord to say, I have no idea what I'm doing. I literally have no idea what I'm doing. I say that most days, but I'm okay with it now. I'm okay with saying, guys, I don't know what the future looks like for this movement. The only thing I have to go by is Acts. And when I see Acts in most of the New Testament, I'm reassured (laughs) God's in control. I'm okay with saying that I don't have a clue. I'm okay with saying, God, I'm feeling a little, a little lost and confused. About three years ago, I cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, I, I have no idea how to lead this. I have no idea how to lead people. I have no idea how to do any of this. And God started speaking to me. I literally, I remember the day I was out at, golf, at the golf course at Tanglewood Park playing golf. And, and he started speaking to me so vividly that I took out my phone and I started writing down what he said. See, my cry was, God, I don't know how to lead. I don't. God, I have no idea how to lead. And he started to give me these words. And he gave me these words. I made them all start with E. He just gave me the concepts. I made them all start with E. And that's sort of how I teach and lead. And the word empower was one of the things that God said to me. You have to empower the people. And so if you don't remember anything else that's gone on here this morning, which I hope you do, But I hope that you remember also this, that those of you who have been in the church all your life, you maybe just came into a relationship with Jesus today. Listen, you are empowered. We got to stop waiting on the church to do great things. We just need his sons and daughters to go do great things in Jesus name. Okay. You are empowered. You're empowered. Now, our responsibility has shifted in this new culture. We have to be equippers. That was another word that God gave me as I was on the golf course that day. We have to equip his sons and daughters. This is an equipping time. This is a worship time. But I can tell you something. If this is your only time, you are going to blow by the wayside. We've got to equip you. And the word of God is the greatest way to equip you. And so in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, look at this. It says, <clears throat> Hope City's divine power. The pastor's divine power. I want you to notice whose power this is. This is God's power. And I could just stay right there the rest of the morning. Some of us have to have that shift in our mind. This isn't your power. This isn't because you have everything together. Saul was chopping people's heads off and he used him to write the majority of the New Testament. 
So can I tell you, I'm going to give you permission and empower you to let the crazy out. Do you know the people that live beside of you need to know that you don't have it all together? Oh, well, they got a Hope City sticker on the back of their car. They must have it all figured out. No, you're crazier than your neighbor. Let them know it. That's some of the highest praise that we get here. Is, man, you guys are just real. We're, we're just, I don't know how to be any, what, anything else. We're just real people. We're just real. We've made our fair share of mistakes. Thank God that it's not because of our power. But Peter, I don't have time to preach all this this morning. We'll get to it next week. But Peter is writing this. And do you understand who Peter was? Peter, of all people, is writing this. Peter was the guy who chopped the dude's ear off. He denied Jesus three times. Peter is miraculously probably known for you. As soon as I say Peter, maybe walking on water and sinking is the thing that pops into your mind. But let me just stop right there for a second. I don't know why you give Peter such a bad rep. Oh, he took his eyes off Jesus and he started to sink. How about if we go optimistic and say, dang, Peter actually walked on water. See, we're so churched. We're like, oh, well, so what? He started to sink because he took his eyes off Jesus. How about this? When's the last time you walked on water? Literally, I was on a boat this week down at some lake, Baden Lake, Lake Norman. I'm sorry. And I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I like, no, you can't. Seriously, that's what goes through this mind. But guys, we got to have something straight as this culture shifts. This is his power. The Lord speaks so clearly if you'll just ask him. He showed me in a vision three years ago of an open hand. I've taught, I've preached this. That if you'll lead your life and your ministry this way, I'll bless it. But if you ever do this right here, you're on your own. And some of you are on your own right now because you just not let him. It's his divine power. Some of us need his divine power right now. Peter is writing this and he says, God's divine power, his divine power has granted to us. And I'm going to just stop there for this morning. That's all I'm going to read you. His divine power has granted to us. We're us. He's granted his divine power to us. And you see, if you read further along in that sentence, you will see what he's talking about. It says that his divine power to us, he's given it, he's granted it to us, and he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Guys, that summarizes everything that you are currently facing and will ever face. This stuff is not a mystery any longer. He is granted to us. He is giving you 
the same authority and power and voice that he has given to us preachers. I see in this room police officers and I see businessmen and women. I see school teachers and administrators and I don't even know what some of you do, but I know that he is empowering you. Now the old regime and the old culture may say no out of fear. You have to come and receive everything God has for you through me. No. I will go as far as to say, and I'll answer your emails when they come. I will go as far as to say that you do not even need a church building. But you see, once you're walking in the presence, equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit, there is just something magnetic about getting around other like brothers and sisters. And so for some reason, we just built a roof over something and we call it Hope City. You see, you'll learn that you're never without. I had a friend of mine in my office just last week and said, it is easy for God to bless me. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, that's scary. No, no, he's the giver of everything. It's easy for him to bless you. Have you asked him? I would venture out to say some of you have yet to ask him. You are empowered to go out and change this world. You see, he made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. And until Jesus Christ becomes a reality to you, you will still search and you will still sometimes feel hopeless But that very second that Jesus Christ, the way, becomes a reality, everything changes. So I don't know where the band is. I think you guys are all over here. I need all of you to come back up. Peter said it's God's divine power. And he has given to us. He's given to us. Everything. So here's how we're going to sort of wrap up this time this morning. We're going to pray some more. And there's been a very specific thing that God just said to me this morning. He says, I want to commission. That's a big word, I know. Basically, what he's saying is I want to give my stamp of approval on some people in this room today. There are some of you in this room, young and old. I even saw some teenagers getting the stamp of approval from God this morning that you're called into ministry man. You're sensing it. Now, you may be 30 years old like I was when I sensed the call in the ministry. You may be 60 years old. You may be 15. But today, God is wanting to remind you that he is empowering you as we speak. And so here's what we're going to do is, if that's you in the room today, I want you just to come on forward. We're going to pray for you. Lights up and everything right now. If you're just sensing like a call into ministry, that means you may be a preacher. That may, means you may go to Mozambique and be a missionary. That may mean that you're called to lead worship. You're here to be like this kid. You're here to come under Andy's tutelage 
and be discipled as a worship leader. That may mean you run in circles with me and Pastor Bradley and Pastor Brent and, and Pastor Mitch and we just like let you see that this is the greatest calling in all the world and there's nothing you can do to make me quit it. This is serious stuff. And if that's you, I just want you to come right now. Just don't delay because I'm not going to delay. If that's you and you're sensing a call into some form of ministry, it doesn't have to be crystal clear. If that's you, just come on. I don't want anybody else coming to the front right now. Nobody else. Listen, all these people need is just to bask in the presence. This is good, man. Come on. Nobody else. No, I don't. Ministry team, you guys just stay seated and start praying from your seats, please. But if you're sensing a call into some form of ministry, I want you just to come on. Thank you, Lord. Hey, listen, you guys that are up here, we're taking note of this. And can I just tell you something? You don't need anything else other than just get into his presence. And then a voice is going to come into your ear, and that's our God. Can I just tell you something? Do what he's telling you to do. Do whatever he's telling you to do. Here's how it happened for me. I was mowing the yard. I was mowing the yard in 2010. God asked me this question, are you ready? And he's asked me that several times since. Are you ready? Are you ready? That's all I'm going to say, because that's what God said to me. I'm going to say it to you. Are you ready? And my response was this. God, I am ready to go and do anything you ask me as long as you go with me. Well, that was the stupidest response that anybody could ever have given. Because his word tells us that he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He is going to be with me wherever I go. You see, God was just setting me up. And he set you up. And he has your next steps. So don't worry about it. Some of you are worried about your next steps. And do I need to go get educated? And do I need to go back to school? And the answer is yes to all of those things. But you can't have any of my papers that I wrote because my wife wrote mine and barely got through ministry and seminary for three days. And you see, if I can do this, anybody can do this. So here's what I need from you guys. We're going to pray over you. Now the ministry team, let's engage in these people. We're going to pray over them. Ministry team, come on, let's flood these people. I need to know your name. I need to know your email address. I need to know your phone number. I need to know where you live. This is serious stuff. Guys, this is serious. These are world changers right here. And so if you're up front here and you've just responded to that call, I need you to write on a card today your name, your phone number, your address, your email address, and let me know. Let us know that you responded to a call. You can just write the word call in big letters so that we can see it. But here's the beautiful thing, and I love how God just allows us to set things up like this. There's going to be future ministers, teachers, evangelists, missionaries going all over the world. (laughs) This is awesome. But here's the thing. There is no difference in them and me and you. None. I'm looking and I see school teachers right now and I see people who run car shops, man. I see administrators. 
I see businessmen. I see friends. I, I, I see my intercessor who works on computers. Hey, I see guys who drive big old trucks. I see stay-at-home moms who work from home. I see crazy businessmen that are phenomenal at their job. I see hard-working men who make things happen every day. I see, I see you. I see firemen. <laughs> God is empowering you now to go change the world. Do not be ashamed of the fact that you hear God. Do not be ashamed of the fact that God speaks to you. When God lays something on your heart for someone, you have the boldness to go say it to them. And it's okay if you look crazy. I shared a word from the Lord at Mi Pueblo restaurant this week. A lady came to my mind that we saw in prayer on Monday morning. She had eyelashes and I saw them. Scott, you're crazy. No, I'm not. The culture has shifted, my friends. And we prayed for this young lady and God said, you need to tell her that I love her more than she will ever know. And so I empowered all my friends that were praying that morning. I said, if you see this lady with long, dark eyelashes, please tell her that the Lord loves her more than she will ever know. Guess where that word came from? It wasn't Hope City's prayer room. It was from his divine power that is at work in all of us. What about the lady with the long eyelashes? Well, I was seated beside her at Mi Pueblo on Monday night for dinner. And I just said, oh, Lord. And I looked at Daisha and I said, Daisha, I got to go talk to this lady. And she said, well, make sure that that guy doesn't know you're hitting on her. And so I went up to her after we'd already paid and I was on the patio. And so I went outside and I went to the patio. The wall was in between me and him because if he came over, but I just said, hey, um, hon, I, I just got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. I was praying this morning and God laid you on my heart. And I've got a word from the Lord for you. And it is the fact that he loves you more than you will ever know. Now she looked at me like I had just escaped the circus. Honestly, she did. But her husband, her husband looked at me with the greatest smile and just thanked me. But that wasn't the part. The part was my little eight-year-old was standing beside of me when I was saying this. And before we even left them, listen to what he said. He said to me, in front of them, Daddy, aren't you embarrassed to say that in front of them? I said, no, buddy. I said, no, I'm not. And I don't want any of you to be embarrassed either because God's divine power is doing something in your life right now. And so all I'm saying for you and for every single one of you, get ready. Go tell of how good God is because anyone that is in this room today, you do not lack. You do not lack anything And it's not because we have good church services, but it's because our God made a way for you through Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, right now, I thank you for these people. I thank you for every person in this room. We are 500 or so in this room right now, and we are being equipped right now as we speak 
to go change this world. And so, Holy Spirit, give us your strength and give us your power. May our ears be attentive to your voice and may we never miss an opportunity to be Jesus here on this earth. Holy Spirit, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.